Hello, and welcome to the She Flourishes podcast, a weekly soul-stirring conversation that lifts you out of the funk and into the flourishing life, so you can live life as the best version of you. I'm your host, Brenda Jasmine. For the past 11 years, I've been coaching women and leading personal development workshops as a speaker and mindset coach. She Flourishes is an extension of those workshops and conversations and is designed to help you create the flourishing life that you were meant to live. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to season two of the She Flourishes podcast. We are back for another season. Um, We had so much fun in season one. And I actually, uh, for this episode, I have invited a guest back who was on our first season, episode number 25, talking about grief and loss. We had Kirsten Fry on. And Kirsten, I just love her perspective on helping us to deal with Um, grief and life transitions. And I thought she would be the perfect person to bring back to help all of us right now, um, as it's back to school time, and we're having all these life transitions. And I keep hearing as I'm talking to people, I keep hearing a lot of women saying that their hearts are really heavy right now. And they're managing a lot of different emotions with the whole back to school transition. So I uh, am so excited that Kirsten said yes. So I have her here today. Welcome to season two and to the podcast again, Kirsten. (laughs) Hi, Brenda. Thank you so much. I'm really delighted to be back here again. You're right. It is the perfect time. It really, really is. And I'm sitting here before we got on, I was telling Kristen, I've got my box of Kleenex here. Just in case. (laughs) Just in case. Um, Because, yeah, I know my, um, you know, it's an exciting time, right? It's an exciting time, but it's also a time of transition. So before we dive into our topic of managing these these back to school transitions. Kristen, can you just remind people and and for those of you that um those of our listeners who maybe didn't hear you on your other episode, um just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world. Sure, I'd love to. So my name is Kirsten Fry. I am a transformational life coach. I am also an advanced uh, certified grief recovery method specialist and a Reiki guide all of which are just labels, which means uh, my purpose and goal is really just to help people transition through all the uh, significant changes, transitions or losses that we will naturally experience as part of being human on this planet, and to be able to do it in as healthy a a way as possible. Mm, Beautiful. I love that you're specifically a coach in this area, because It's when we're going through these big life transitions that we need coaching, we need help, we need those extra tools in our toolbox to to navigate these times in our lives. So um, you really are the perfect person to to help us all right now. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, so let's dive in. Um, Some people who have been listening to the She Flourishes podcast um, will have heard me talking about becoming an empty nester this September. And I think Kirsten and I even talked about it last time you were on, Kirsten. 
And um, there has been a little bit of a plot twist in the Jasmine household. So when we first talked about bringing you on, it was like, okay, Kirsten, you got to help me become an empty nester. Um, whereas now we, um, the plot twist is that my daughter is um, transferring schools. So rather than being in Nova Scotia, she's actually coming back to Ontario, um, going to school locally. So she will actually be coming home. And it's my son who, uh, my youngest, who's leaving for university. And um, when we're recording this, he's, you know, my front living room it started as a little university corner, which was, <laughs> you're smiling. <laughs> you know what I'm I talking about? Familiar. I am yeah, familiar it started, with that process. <laughs> yeah. So it started with, you know, the, the mattress topper and the sheets and the duvet and the, and the other things. And it's slowly expanding that it's now taking up half of my front living room before we we get ready. So the university moving corner has become um, half a, a whole half of a room. And, uh, and we're just getting ready for that transition. So this is another thing that we we that's interesting right is that we sometimes start down one road we think our life is going to be doing one thing like i'm thinking okay my role is now changing to a, a role of you know the empty nester and the adult children not being home and then oh okay that's changed and then there's people that you know they are empty nesters and now their kids have graduated and they're coming back home to live because it's so expensive for them to live outside the home. So all sorts of things going on. So Kirsten, um, there's so much here to talk about. But maybe <laughs> the first thing I can we can start is by talking about like, what are the different, what do you see as some of the the, the things that are happening um, for people specifically, you know, this beginning of September, this time of year, what do you see happening? And, and you know, what are maybe some of the things that people are experiencing? Um, that uh, might be helpful for us to to just sort of acknowledge and talk about to start with? Yeah, I think even if we start from a nature perspective, so we're moving from August into September, which means, you know, we're heading into fall within a couple of weeks. And, you know, we're fortunate enough to live in a country where we have four distinctive seasons, which allows us to move through those cycles. So, you know, we've just come through a summer where things are maybe a little more relaxed, maybe you've had an opportunity to have vacation time, cottage, staycation, where the schedules are a little bit looser, you know, bedtimes are a little bit more lax, and those kinds of things where there's just more like flow and breath time. And there's this natural shift that happens in September, where it's, you know, back to school, back to a regular work routine for the adults. And, you know, now we're having to like, make sure the kids are back in bed at a decent hour, <laughs> they can't stay up all hours of the evening, otherwise, you'll never get them up in the morning. Um, and so it's a shift. Uh, it's a transition between that sort of looser scheduling to a more like we have to be on a schedule. Now it's a little more, um, want to use the word intense, but it is a little more organized. Yeah, structured. So, yes, exactly. And so and there's a benefit to that, like there's a benefit for all the seasons that we go through. So I think it's just navigating this in between time, especially um, this week, where we're talking just before the kids go back to school. And so, you know, all the parents know in this week before whether your kids are starting kindergarten, or they're going to post secondary education, whether that's college or university, 
there's a lot going on right now. So there's a lot of conflicting emotions for people. And I think it's just okay to recognize that and recognize that it's okay that there's a bit of this chaos or busyness that might feel a little like, oh, we just came from all this like relaxation maybe and, and rest time and rejuvenation time with family. And now it's like, oh, this feels a little little, like edgier now, but um, that we'll get through this time. Yeah, we'll get through and we always do, right? And yet when we're in it and we're feeling those feelings and and not just like, I know many of our listeners, not everyone, but many of our listeners are mothers or, you know, aunts um, and, and, not to, and grandmothers. And, you know, it's that time where, you know, you get through it, but when you're in the middle of it, not only are you managing and navigating your own emotions, but then there's the emotions um, of your your loved one, right? Of your child or your niece or your grandchild or or family friend, whoever it is, your help, whoever it is you're helping or someone you're mentoring, there's their emotions as well. So um what are you know, so let's say, so here we are, you've, you know, everyone's when they li- they're listening to this, they will have just been dropping off their kids, who knows where, whether it's kindergarten <laughs> or college or university or whatever it is they're doing. And so you're listening to this and you're, and if like, and I, I was telling Kirsten and I don't mind sharing, like even this past weekend, I woke up on Saturday morning and, and it just sort of hit me and I was just really teary. My heart was feeling really heavy and part of it was just allowing myself to feel my feelings, but I was also a little bit like, oh my goodness, like I'm really feeling this. And, and then in, and then I posted something about empty nesting or on, on Facebook. And um, I had a lot of people reaching out and just saying, oh, like this is hard or, oh, my heart is heavy. And, um, you know, really, really having, especially with the moms, I think saying goodbye to the kids that um, have just, you know, um, that, are making that transition to post-secondary. So like, what would you say for those people listening right now that they're maybe even are feeling they're teary or their hearts are heavy and they're just feeling these emotions right now? What, what are, you know, what guidance would you have for us that, you know, we're in the thick of it right now? Well, I think it's important to recognize that you're actually moving through a grieving process which I don't know a lot of people would actually define it like that because I think we're used to defining grief as, you know, something that happens when there's a death of a loved one or we're moving through a divorce. But in actuality, there's like more than 40 different life experiences that can create feelings of grief. And this would be one of them. (laughs) And so when we talk about grief, it's not just not about the acute sadness that maybe people are feeling, but it's all the conflicting emotions that we have around um, the end of or a change in in our familiar patterns of behavior. So for example, um, you mentioned kids going off to post-secondary, you've got like your living rooms filled with moving (laughs) stuff. And there's an excitement about that. And Mm -hmm. logically in our heads, we know like this is the next best step for our children. We're so proud of them. We're happy for them that they're stepping into their lives in this really significant way. Um, And that's what our head's telling us and that we're happy for them. But there's also the emotions of like sadness because 
these were, these are our children. They'll always be our children, but it's like you're, you know, little pieces of your heart walking around outside of your body. And it's a change in the relationship also that I don't think we always recognize with this change. Like they're in that in-between stage of being, you know, teenager and an adult. And we want to honor and recognize that. But there's also the piece of us that remembers holding them in our arms when they came home, right, from the hospital. There are our children, our babies that we love so much. And it's that change in relationship, too, that sometimes our heart hasn't caught up with, like, the reality of where they are right now. And that is perfectly okay. And I'll share this. And I know we did this on the initial episode, too, when I spoke about when my son went to university, which was a few years ago now, he's been um, out of school for a couple of years. And I remember driving him to uh, university. And I anticipated having some emotions around that, which I did, and we dropped him off. And uh, on the way home, tears flowed. And I, but I was happy for him and proud of him and expected like everything was fine and he wasn't too far away. So there was, you know, all of that, that logically made sense to me. But it was three weeks later when I was sitting in my office and I was working on something like work oriented. And I was taking a pause thinking about what I was doing. And I looked up and my office faces the front hallway of our, of our home at the time. And his, I, it was, this random thought that his shoes weren't in the front hall and he out of nowhere like the tears just flowed like I had to put my head down on the desk and like sobbed for several minutes and I remember thinking like being surprised at how um intense that experience was Mm -hmm. like three weeks later I wasn't even thinking about him at the time but it was just this sense of his shoes not being in the hallway just like opened it up And so, you know, if things like that happen where you feel like, well, I'm fine when you've dropped them off or it's okay. And then you have these feelings like days or weeks later, I just want you to know that that's okay. That's a normal part of the (laughs) process of this big change that's happening Um, for you and for them. So Kirsten, are you saying that like, even if we cry all the way home from the drop off, like that's not going to get it all out. There's a good chance we're going to be. (laughs) <laughs> hijacked by our emotions a couple of weeks later when we see the or not the shoes the shoes aren't there I mean I'm tearing up okay I'm like sitting here thinking okay is she trying to make me cry <laughs> I guess like I'm talking about the little baby in your arms to then imagining myself looking at the front door with without my son's shoes there gosh it, that it makes me teary but so what you're saying is even though we we might you know say our goodbyes and then we're crying on the way home in the car that it's not like a we're we're necessarily going to be done. We've cried all our tears. <laughs> We've yeah, gone to the may next not, thing. <laughs> it may not be a one and done for yeah. you, right? No. And, and so that's the other thing um, I want to make sure everybody understands as well too, because right now we're all caught up in the doing of everything, right? Getting yes. organized, packing, make sure they have everything that they need, um, you know, all of the things, all of the paperwork that needs to be done or, you know, all the things to be done. We're good at the busy work right? Because logically, we can focus and put our attention on that. But we need to remember that grief is not logical, it's emotional. So you can tell yourself whatever you want. But recognize that our heart has these emotions, and that the emotions can come like waves, and they can come upon us at times that we're not expecting. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a normal part of the process. But what I would really encourage people who are listening 
to do is that, you know, don't negate those feelings when they come up or feel embarrassed or start like, why am I feeling like this? I already had my cry or, you know, he's fine or she's fine. That's the logical part of us speaking, right? That's all true. And we have this emotion about how we feel about our children and that just the sadness or the bittersweetness, like the conflicting emotions, right? The happy and the proud of them and excited for them and the sadness for us. And the even just even in households now, the house feels different because their energy is not there, right? So yeah, we can FaceTime them and all of those things. But the reality is it there has been a significant change in the household. So can we just honor that? Can we just honor that it's a change and that you're going to have normal and natural emotions around that? And that is perfectly okay. Let yourself have them. It's when we don't allow ourselves to move through those emotions, they get stuck or we stay busy or we start doing things. I call it like our little silly human tricks that we do to like push it away, sit on it. Like, you know, I'll stay busy with work or, you know, we'll have that extra glass of wine or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that we're going to do, which again, it's fine, but it's one of those things. Just let yourself feel the emotion and move through it because there's nothing wrong with the emotion. It's actually part of the healing process. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it. So, so you guys can't see me right now, but <laughs> I'm so the part that hit me, what you just said, Kristen, was their energy not being in the house. And that just hit me in the heart because you're right. Like that's the part, right? The conversations just and the energy of teenagers. Now, sometimes let's be honest, some of us are going to be like, oh my God, like this is going to be great that I'm not going to be up waiting for them to get home late at like both my kids were out late last night. And it's like, Oh, when are they going to be home? Right. You're still sort of have that worrying. And so it's kind of, there's going to be positives. Right. But when you say that part about, yeah, they're just the energy, like the energy of young people in the house that are coming and going and doing, you know, they have all these things going on in their lives. Like I love that energy. And so, um, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to miss that, but then we're also not going to have like, you know, the moodiness and the other types of things, the, the ups and downs. And so sometimes, you know, we can be maybe a little bit, you know, we love our children, but we can be a bit more maybe sometimes on an even keel and sleep a little better. Um, you know, yeah, and, and I, so maybe there's some positives too. I agree with that. And I think sometimes too, that's where sometimes people might get confused in the conflicting feelings. Cause what if you feel relief? <laughs> what if it's yeah. like, oh, it's a little bit of relief. It's a little bit of freedom for yourself now at this time, maybe now you have more time to spend on, um, interests that you have that you're not driving them to here, there and everywhere, their activities, their friend's house, things like that. Um, and that's the part I think people have the problem with is the transition. It's the in-between one way of being and the next way of being, mm. and we haven't like totally, we're toggling between these different emotions that we have around it. And all of that is a normal process as you find your mm-hmm. footing into your new reality. And this is the thing I'm also like, I'm so, I'm so grateful to you for inviting me on here because it's so important that we have these conversations because we tend to keep it to ourselves or we're like, oh, you know, people are like, well, what are you crying about? He's fine. She's fine. And 
you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, but then it becomes a very isolating experience. And it doesn't have to be because even with your post that you were talking about, look how many people are feeling mm-hmm. similarly. Yes, we're all moving through it uniquely. Our relationships to our children are all very different, which is why like if some parents are really having difficulty emotionally and other parents are like, woohoo, celebration time. And then yeah. either side feels kind of like weird about that, sharing that piece. But that's mm-hmm. okay, because Every relationship is unique and our relationships with our children, even within the same household, can be very different. And so it's okay to have different emotions around that piece of it. It's just how do we navigate this in-between time where sometimes it might feel like there's this void, right? Or Mm. there's quiet. We're not good with the quiet. No, the quiet. Well, yeah. And so I love this. And what so what I hear you saying is that we're going to be having it's normal and natural to like, yeah, just have think you're fine. And then suddenly you see the shoes aren't in the front hallway and then you're you're crying or for whatever, or or it's quiet or whatever. And then you feel those. And it's also normal and and have compassion for yourself if you're feeling like some relief. And and um it, it is, it's kind of these mixed emotions. Even um, I I know someone, they were dropping their kids off at summer camp. And it was a little bit like, I think um, the mom was saying when she kind of went, woohoo, like she was happy, (laughs) but then her husband was kind of like, you know, um, sort of saying, oh, like you, you know, you sound like you're celebrating that the kids are leaving. And she's like, well, I kind of am, right? Like it's that feeling of, oh, like some freedom here. And I remember um, my sister saying after dropping off her youngest um, at post-secondary, she was like, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting feeling. A part of you feels sad but then another part of you and I think she said some parents even had like their car all decorated like you know how after a wedding I think she said there was some parents that had their car like the freedom or something right they were like you know how with the newlyweds they have their cars all decked out some parents had done that right they're like celebrating this you know we got the the last one graduated and, and off to school so um really good to just honor these two really um uh, polar opposite emotions, or or even the whole spectrum of emotions that we might be feeling. Right, because even that's a shift. Like, I love how you said that. I think that's hilarious about the cars. I've never <laughs> seen that. Ever, but I think, okay, I could totally see that. Because, you know, when we have children, we, we, we've taken on that responsibility of raising them as best we can, right? And, and, teaching them and guiding them and mentoring them to a place where they are self-reliant and independent and kind people and all of these things. And and like for most of us, that's like the most important job we'll ever have, regardless of what our career is. Yes, we have a career and that can be super important for us as well. It's raising these other human beings to be good human beings that is like we've dedicated all these years of our life to. And so now that like that potentially that part of the journey is over or it's shifting in a different way, there is this sense of like, oh, now you're just not labeled as like a mom or a parent or a grandma. Now it's like, oh, you come back to your, now it's Brenda again, right? Or Mm -hmm. it's Kirsten again. And what does that look like? Because our attention and focus has been outside of ourselves for so long that now there's an opportunity to go within and be like, who do I want to be in this next evolution of my life that's coming forward for me now? And um, that's interesting too. And sometimes that can feel really uncomfortable because we've made, 
we've made it so important for us to nurture and take care of like our, our partner and our children and our pets and our careers and our friends and our family. And sometimes we get left by the wayside and not from any sense of meaning to, but just that's the way it's evolved. So now when it comes back to us, it's, we almost have to get to know who we are again at this stage of our life. Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, idea of realizing like getting to know yourself and yet also I and I I know some people say I don't know what to do with myself now or like and even if you have like your full-time career it's like what you know I'm used to making dinner I'm used to doing all these things or or and it could be if a little one is going off to kindergarten um, that we talked about right like any sort of transition and change in the routine um, and as our children get older, sometimes we find, oh, I've actually got more time and, or what do I do now? Um, and so how would you recommend Kirsten that people navigate that, that where you're feeling like, um, yeah, okay. It, it's been all about everyone else and I've got to get to know myself again. How do you, what, what are some things that people can do to get to know themselves again and to navigate that transition? Such a great question. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I, well, I, it's you not know easy, it, is it? <laughs> it? It's not. And it's not, a, I guess it could be. I think it depends on like, how open are you to that experience, right? Like, is this could be an opportunity to be really curious and excited about this next stage for yourself and also still be feeling those like emotions, which is perfectly fine. Um, so a quick example, I remember, so my son played rep basketball all the way through high school and uh, through an injury, didn't play it when he went to university, uh, which was a huge transition for him. And I do remember like the first two years he was in university, like basketball was always the thing in our household. Like March Madness was a big deal and just watching the Raptors and everything. It was just such a huge part of our lives. And then when I was no longer ferrying six foot two, six foot four boys in my Mazda three to weekend tournaments every weekend, you know, at the time it just feels like a lot on your plate, but it was after that part was gone I, there was a bittersweetness around the, oh, I really miss that. I miss the, them being quiet on the way there and then like ripping into each other and, you know, joshing around with each other on the way home. And just being a witness to that had brought me so much joy in the moment. And I remember feeling the joy in the moment and watching them play. And then when that was no longer there, it was like, oh, that was also a grieving experience. And so um, it's that whole piece of, Every next transition brings us new opportunities, but it's important that we say goodbye to what has come before. It's when we don't do that, that we can stay stuck. And this is what can be the anchor and keep us from really stepping into our lives. And it can be almost a limiting factor on our ability for happiness moving forward. So the goodbye is a very important part of every stage of whatever aspect of your life you're going through. So in the busyness and the chaos of getting ready to go back to school and work and all the things that come with September, if I had any advice for people, I would say, as much as you can, simplify. When life is chaotic, and this can go for any transition, not just back to school, but when life is mayhem and chaos and feels frenzied and there's a lot of change and transition happening in a very short period of time, 
simplify. That is my mantra word for me. Mm. I've been moving through a, a crazy transition myself through this year with many significant changes. And it is something that I remind myself to do is to simplify, which means it's bring it back to the basics, which is focus on your sleep, focus on your nutrition. If you're somebody that likes to go to the gym and work out a lot, great. But you might also need to adjust in this time frame, like keep your movement simple, go for a walk, go for more gentle options in terms of like feeling like I got to go to the gym and being so rigid with the routine. When we're moving through a transition, there is um, impact on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So really, if you could just simplify and be gentle with yourself as you move through that transition, that would be my biggest piece of advice to people. And we, it sounds easy, but it is very difficult for a lot of us to do that. Yes. Oh, such, that's such good advice. You're, I love that idea of simplifying and just focusing on the basics. And I could see how some people might be like, okay, um, now this is my new life. And then you start jumping into all these other things, right? Like, oh, all the things I didn't have time to do, I'm going to do them now. And we can start filling up our space. And what's so great about this idea, this concept that you're, you're teaching us about is that by really just taking that step back and simplifying and yeah, focusing on good nutrition or sleep, working out, being gentle with ourselves. Um, oh, I think that just feels like so aligned for me right now when I hear you, you saying that. Um, so those are good. And thank you for the practical tips there too, because sometimes we forget like, okay, simplify, what does that mean? So I love the, that you've given us some practical strategies there as well. Yes, I always say bring it back to the basics. And that's good advice. Anytime you're going through a transition, it's also good advice for us to give to our kids. Because again, mm. they're navigating this change going to school, um, where now they have to be more in charge of their time management, because mom and dad aren't there to remind them that you have this class or this thing due or that thing due, where they're really stepping more into adulthood. And while that's exciting for them, too, there's also a like, ooh, a little bit of the safety net is gone. And it can be a little bit uh, scary and a bit of a transition. So again, to honor that space of like, this is a big shift for you. So simplify it as best mm -hmm. as you can. I think that's good advice for all of us at all stages of life. Because as you said, we have a tendency to fill space and to stay busy with things. But when your nervous system is activated, it actually needs that rest and repair more often. You'll actually mm. benefit um, by slowing down will allow you to go faster when you're ready. So it's really like, yes, your brain is telling you I have all these things to do. You know, get your schedule out schedule in your workout time or schedule in that walk with a friend or your partner, because you know, if it's not in the book, it's not going to happen, you'll fill it with something else. So really, again, the biggest thing is honor yourself through this process, you have to, because you can't be your best version of who you are, if you're getting depleted. And I think especially as women, we all know this, we've all been there. We've all done this to some degree in our lives at different stages. And I know a lot of people will say, well, that sounds selfish, Kirsten. And it's like, well, we all come from self. We all look through this life through our own perspective, through our own self, mm -hmm. capital S self. 
And so honoring yourself first is not actually selfish. It's necessary so that you can be the person you want to be um, in all aspects of your life. And I think a lot of us women have forgotten how to do that. Yes, we have. And it's so important. And I, and I think it's important to realize too, because I'm just thinking as you're talking about my own schedule for September, and I actually have a lot on my plate. So I'm thinking <laughs> I needed to simplify maybe a couple months ago. <laughs> it's too late. Um, part of it was, oh, yeah, I'm going to have time for that in September. I'm going to have time for that. Um, so for those of us who already have a pretty jam-packed September, um, I, I like this idea of, okay, that's okay. Even if you've got stuff in your calendar, maybe it's, yeah, don't take on any extra, still make sure you're getting the rest and, and, and um, maybe, you know, booking those walks or booking the things that um, will rejuvenate you, but um, don't take on any extra. I, I don't know. Is that, would you have yeah. any other advice about that or? For those of us that already have a full schedule in the fall. (laughs) Yes, because we often plan ahead. So we've planned all the things, which I understand. (laughs) So that's okay, too. And again, it's just an acknowledgement of moving through it and really tapping in to not just coming from your conscious mind, the thinking, logical mind, the responsible mind, but to also tap into your heart and your gut. Because when we can align all three centers, actually, that's when things tend to flow more easily. So it's also being able to look at our schedules. And is there a place, you know, this is great for work often, where can we delegate, right, things that are like, did you know, is that a make work project? Or is that something I can delegate to a little bit later? Um, Or maybe you're someone who has a big capacity and can take on a lot of things, which is great, too. But it's still being able to check in emotionally, because, as we all know, emotions are energy and motion, and you can push them off to the side because you're busy and you don't have time. And sometimes that just happens. But those emotions don't go anywhere. They're just going to show up somewhere else. (laughs) And they may show up at like not always the most convenient time, which is why sometimes it's nice to allow yourself that time like you did on Saturday to give yourself that time, you know, a couple of hours that but that's what you felt you needed on that day to do that. So I really honor you for doing that and not just be like, you know, getting yourself up and moving on with your day and like drawing your eyes and just go. It's like, no, you let yourself sit with those emotions and move through them, which is a very healthy way of doing that. And, um, and then you're releasing them. Yes. Yes. Now, As opposed ha- to holding yeah. them. Yeah, it's a little bit like, I guess, when you're also working with people who are grieving the loss of someone who's passed on, you know, we get the what, three days of bereavement, and then they're back to work, right? So I guess it's similar there where, you know, when you're so busy, and you don't have time to those emotions still need to be processed at some point. Yes, which is why also for those of um, your listeners who are in that kind of position where they're managers or leaders or uh, owners of businesses to be real, I think, I think it's better now than it used to be. But there's still this sense of like time for people, right? Like a certain amount of time comes and then you should be kind of over it. They might not say that out loud, but that's kind of the feeling that a lot of people get. Um, And really, it's not the time that's going to heal your heart. There's a 
it's one of the myths around grief recovery. And I think it's, it's confusing because there is an element of time. Like when you, you know, break an arm, there is a time element to that bone knitting and mending and healing. Uh, and it's the same thing with our heart. Uh, but it's the action steps that you took. So you went to the doctor, you got an x-ray, you got a cast on the arm. Like, so you took these action steps to actually mitigate that um, healing process. So we also need to do that with our emotions, especially with a significant loss like that, um, where people might come back after their five days of bereavement. But I think we can all understand and recognize they are not going to be 100%. They may show up that way, and they'll do their work and their but it's still a good idea to check in and to um, give support as much as you can if if they need it. Some people might, some people might not. Um, but there's no way somebody's coming back at 100% within a short period of time of having a significant loss like that. And I think it's just, it's, it, that's, it's normal and natural for people to have emotions around it, whether they're conscious of it or not. And that may show up in the work. So we want to be careful because it's not even just about not doing the work. It's about being healthy. Because as we know, if we're holding a lot of pain, if we're holding a lot of emotions um, over time, that can have an impact on our physical health. Mm-hmm. And I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so even though like you're, you know, the back to school transition isn't typically as, you know, devastating as, you know, the loss of a a loved one passing on, it's still, like you were saying at the beginning of our conversation, it's that it's a type of grief, it's a type of loss that we need some time to process. And so creating that time, um, simplifying and giving ourselves time is helpful. Yes, thank you. And can I just add something to that? Because I think it's Mm. important to make the thing. So it's not about a type of grief and some being more than others. Okay, I think we need to really be careful about minimizing our losses. And Mm. we tend to do that, right? Like someone losing someone, we tend to put gradings on it, like someone having the death of a loved one to like, say, your child leaving for university or college, um, two different grieving experiences. But one is not necessarily more significant than the other, because again, it's about the unique relationships. So for example, if I lost my mother and she and I did not have a close relationship, loving, nurturing, whatever it was, her passing might not be as significant as like my son going to university who I do have a close relationship with. Mm. And so, you know what I mean? So we right. need to be good point. with like, because we tend to do that ourselves. Like we yes. self where it's like, oh, well, it's not, you know, I don't have it as bad as this person. I, I only have this, but we feel our grief at a hundred percent for ourselves mm. based on those unique relationships. So we need to be careful about minimizing losses, whether it's ours or someone else's, because we all feel our grief at a hundred percent. Mm, we all feel our grief at a hundred percent. Okay. That's a very important distinction. Thank you for that. When do we, what about people who um, there's been a, a transition, let's say the back to school transition um, and just sort of carrying on with your, your, maybe you're an empty nester or your, you know, your child's gone off to school or your young adult has gone off to school. Um, how do you know when it's like, um, good, good grief, or like, at what point is it 
maybe like, oh, you might need to get a bit of help or like at what point, is there a point where you can say, okay, wait a second, like a certain amount is of grieving and and sadness makes sense. But is there a point where you, you kind of need to say, okay, it's time to move on. Like you're maybe getting a little, st- you're getting stuck in this, in this grief or, and not moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's such a good um, question. And also something to be aware of, because that can happen. So what I would say around that, and again, I offer this as a coach, I'm not a therapist or a counselor. So mm-hmm. I always make sure that people understand the the method that I use grief recovery method has been around for 40 years, but it's an edu- it's an educational program uh, that's been evidence-based to help grievers through these changes. And sometimes, especially if the grief is, um, a, I don't even want to say more significant. I think just when, again, depending on the circumstances or if you're having compounding losses mm-hmm. over a short period of time where you don't have the ability to... Um, adapt and heal through that because it's coming too quickly. I know people that have been through those circumstances. Um, I think when it's when you find that you can't engage in your day to day activities, that's a time where it might be time to have a conversation with a therapist or a counselor. Um, even like your clergy, if, if you have someone that has a religious background and feels very comfortable in your church, maybe someone to help you through that process. But we would need somebody from more of a mental health aspect from that point of view, because it's now having a huge impact in terms of your day-to-day living. And mm-hmm. I think everybody can understand that in the beginning, but if this continues for an extended period of time, then where there's um, no improvement, then, or it's constantly um, not being able to get out of their grief, then that might be a time where they need to speak to someone. And it's important to be able to identify that because there is help available. You're not alone through this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good to remember that. And and what about if it's not an issue like that where it's um, become a mental health issue, but someone's just feeling like, okay, no, I'm not stuck in it, but I could use some support. You know, this is harder than I thought it was. Um, that's that's the type of coaching you do, right? Where if someone's just saying, or, or you know, I'm kind of lost here. I don't really know what, what to do with myself or what the next steps are. Or it, um, that's where I'm thinking you would be great as a coach for people. Is that the type of coaching you would do then at that point? Absolutely. And for a lot of people that I, because we've grown up with these um, misconceptions around grief growing up, um, like there's several of them, six of them to be specific. And because we've been socialized that way, whether within our families or um, within our communities, um, we've heard certain things that may not be very effective in terms of us helping us navigate our grief. And so that's why I love the educational component of it, because it's it's learning a new way of that, like grief is a normal and natural part of life. And when we try to avoid those painful times, which all of us are going to move through, when we resist it, we actually create more suffering for ourselves. So what I love about the work that I do, and I get people asking me this all the time, is like, don't you find this so depressing, like to listen to people's like sad stories, sometimes traumatic stories. And I always say no, because um, it's a true honor and a privilege to bear witness to someone's life experience, especially those painful ones. 
because it's so intense, it can feel so intense. A lot of people don't feel comfortable with that, or they don't know the things to say or what they could do to help the person. And oftentimes, we'll say those things that we've learned to say that aren't really, um, they might be factually true, but not emotionally helpful in that moment, which leaves the griever feeling like, I don't feel like I can talk to this person about this. Um, and so that it sort of exacerbates this feeling of loneliness and isolation through a very difficult time, which is why I love this. And I feel like my superpowers being able to create trust very quickly with the people that I work with. And I honor them for the process that they're moving through, not from a place of trying to fix it or take it away from them because I can't do that. And nor would I ever choose to do that. Um, there is a reason why they're moving through this process. There's so much that we learn going through our painful times of life that, um, I would never take away that opportunity, but if I could help someone navigate that in a healthier way than maybe what we've been taught how to do with more being able to speak their emotional truth mm -hmm. so that they can move through that experience, then for me, I feel blessed, so blessed to do this work as a coach. And again, not as a therapist or a counselor, but in the in-between of maybe someone who doesn't feel comfortable with therapy, but knows that ah, I just need help getting through this hump because I really don't have tools to help me with this. And uh, while I would say like grief recovery method has been amazing for me and has been a big tool in my toolbox, which I continue to use and have used throughout this entire year. It's not the end all and be all like there's different tools for everybody. And we come to our healing in our own time. And so I'm just really grateful for the people that um, reach out to me. And if I can assist them or uh, guide them in any way through this process, then that is just like a tremendous honor for me. Mm, well, that tells me that you are definitely in the right line of work and that you know when we're passionate about something because for a lot of people it would be um it would be very draining to be in that type of work but this is like you're where you're meant to be and i i highly recommend um if you're listening and yeah you're you're having a hard time with a, a life transition um or you're feeling some grief or loss or even if you want to be really proactive and think you know what like um, I want to like really have all the tools at my disposal for dealing with this transition and make this a really positive, great life transition. Um, I recommend that you get in touch with, with Kirsten because she's amazing and so easy to talk to and has such a beautiful, um, non-judgmental and, and loving energy. And Kirsten, if people want to get in touch with you, um, how can they do that? Ah, perfect. Um, my website is uh, www.tlclifecoaching.com. And I'm also on uh, Instagram, which is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me there at TLC Life Coaching. And uh, I'm always happy to have a conversation with people first with absolutely no obligation or strings attached or anything. Just I like to hear people's experiences because, A, I think it's important that um, it's a good fit for both uh, myself and the person that I'm speaking to. And sometimes I'm not the right fit for that person. Mm. They might need a either additional help or a different kind of help than what I provide. So usually I can um, suss that out in a conversation and point them in the right direction if I'm not the person for them. Um, but I love this work because I find it so empowering that 
when we can move through these periods that we're all going to have through our lives, um, that it actually opens us up to more our capacity to actually enjoy and have happiness in our life. It's when we try mm. to negate these um, difficult experiences, we're also cutting short on the the positive side of life, right? And mm. so like the joy, contentment, satisfaction, fulfillment, like those bliss moments that we have, you can't truly feel those if you're also not allowing yourself to feel pain or the resentment or anger or any of these mm. other feelings. Like we're human, we're meant to have this full range of human emotions. It's just how do we express them in a healthy way for ourselves and for the people around us. And what I love about the program uh, for myself and for the people that I've put through it is that not only do you learn about yourself in a much deeper way and heal some of these past grief and losses that maybe you weren't even aware of that you would have considered a grief or a loss, but it allows you now to hold space for the people in your life when they're moving through their experiences of grief and loss in a far more compassionate and understanding way. Mm, beautiful. So important. It's so important to have that for yourself and then to be able to create that for other people. And it's so easy with something like this, like a transition of, you know, back to school that you could think, oh my goodness, like, you know, just like, it's silly that I'm feeling this way, like sweep those emotions under the rug, like, come on, get a grip, right? Snap out of it. And so what's so interesting about what you're saying is that Actually, you know, when we feel, when we allow ourselves to feel all that, the, those low feelings, those unpleasant, uncomfortable emotions, then it gives us that bandwidth or that greater spectrum to then experience those uh, positive, pleasant, you know, emotions like joy and and happiness and and uh, love and calm and serenity, all those good emotions too. So we have that full spectrum. So that's that's another great reason to allow yourself to to process, um, to process this and, and have compassion that it's okay. And so that's really helped me today, Kirsten, thank you to realize that it's okay, you know, to be having these feelings and yeah, like, and also the good feelings of, oh, like some relief or some, you know, and, and some pride and some like, congratulations. Like I got, we, we've got we raised did it. two adult. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we've raised two adult children. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty cool uh, to look at, at all the different emotions that come with it and to honor, to honor them and then move through them. So thank you. And we will put how to contact you in the, in the show notes. And I do, you know, how I always ask everyone at the end of every episode, what's one thing you recommend that women can do to flourish. Um, maybe I could just say, is there any kind of last piece of wisdom um, or words of advice that you would share um, specifically for um, like flourishing through this, this <laughs> stage, any kind of final words of wisdom uh, as I'm about to drop my son off at university? <laughs> what I, I'll go back to what we discussed earlier. And really it's like simplify and breathe through this process. Let's just keep it simple, right? Simplify and allow yourself to move through this process the way you're going to move through it. It is perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kirsten. I know this is going to help so many people. And I wish everyone listening, um, 
a beautiful September and uh, with whatever is going on in your life. And thank you so much for coming on the show to help us with all these transitions, Kirsten. Thanks for listening to the She Flourishes podcast. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep on creating the flourishing life you deserve. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would benefit from it. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you're listening. To learn more about how you can live a flourishing life, head over to brendajasmine.com or follow me on Instagram at underscore brendajasmine. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, keep on sharing your gifts with the world. See you soon.